Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. You ever have a series of events that happen in your life and you feel like God's conspiring against you? No one. That's awesome. I feel like the only alcoholic in an AA Anonymous meeting confessing. Come on, anyone feel like God is conspiring? There's a series of events. A few years ago, I had a series of events that happened that I felt like God was trying to get a message through. Anyone thick like me and it takes a little while for God to get the message through? My wife's like really receptive and here's the first time. I'm thick. It takes me a few times before I get the message through. No amens, Tony Rainbow. Easy. So... I hear this message on gratitude and it started to stir something in me, but I'm a slow learner. So after about 48 hours, I listened to another message which stirred me as well. And I forgot the message about gratitude. And about two weeks later, my oldest daughter, who I talked a little bit about this morning, had some uh, oral surgery. She had some teeth stuff going on. She had to have laser surgery in her mouth where they had to correct some stuff to put braces on. She, first of all, you know that little piece of skin on the bottom of your tongue that hold your tongue to the, the bottom of your mouth. Hers went right the way to the end of her tongue. So if she said, it's called tongue tied. So if she said, if you said, poke your tongue out, she'd go like this. Like, come on, man, poke your tongue out. Nothing. Then the other thing she had is if, if you stick your tongue up the front of your front teeth, you have another one of those pieces. As, you all look like silly. You're like, if you stick your tongue up there, you got another one up there. Hers went from the top of her tongue down through her front teeth up to the roof of her mouth. So they literally had to take a laser and burn the flesh away that was underneath here and up there. So I tried to convince my wife that's definitely a mum job. <laughs> Taking her to the dentist to have that happen is definitely a mum job. She didn't agree. I ended up going to the dentist and taking her to the dentist. And I get home and my youngest daughter, who is amazing, but has no filter. No filter. What's going on out up here comes out here. No filter between brain and mouth. Just you never have to wonder what's going on in that girl's head. Just listen to what's coming out of her mouth. And that's exactly what's going on in her head. So we walk in and my youngest daughter says to my oldest daughter, let me see. So my oldest daughter goes, and she's got like holes burned, like raw flesh sitting there, burned in her mouth. And my youngest daughter goes, oh, thank God that wasn't me. <laughs> like, you're definitely gonna be an accountant and not a pastor, aren't you? Just the facts, straight facts. Four hours later, we're sitting at dinner. I'm sitting down and we have chicken and vegetables because that's what you have at my house, chicken and vegetables. And I'm sitting there and you look around the table and all of us have got chicken and vegetables except my oldest daughter that's just had surgery who's got a bowl of ice cream. My youngest daughter looks at the table and you can watch her formulating something that will soon come out of her mouth. Don't worry about it, it'll come out. And she's looking around the table going. She looks at her sister's bowl. She looks at her plate. She looks at her sister's bowl. She looks at me and she goes, Dad, that's really unfair. I say, hey, tell you what, babe, I'll take you tomorrow and they can burn your mouth with a laser and you can have ice cream tomorrow night for dinner. How about that? But I thought, how often as Christians 
Do we go from being thankful for something to when stuff doesn't go my way and stuff doesn't please me and God doesn't do what I want and things don't pan out the way I wish they would pan out. Things go from being thankful to self-indignant, from thankful to I wish it was about me, from thankful to something else. And I believe one of the greatest qualities that we need to fight for is gratitude, to live with a spirit of gratitude, to live with a spirit of thankfulness, that wherever we go, we are grateful for what God has done. I believe that gratitude is one of the most life-giving things in your relationship with God. It's one of the highest life-giving components to our walk with God, that as we possess a spirit of gratitude, that God is free to do what only God can do. I think one of the things we have to fight against is and be vigilant is not to lose a spirit of gratitude. You remember the first time you walked into a church like this? I remember. Here were my two thoughts. What is wrong with these people? They're either crazy or high. And then after I got into it, I thought, man, thank God there's an environment where I can come in week after week and sense the presence of God, where I can come in week after week and there's a safe place, where I can come in week after week with me and all my rubbish in tow and be accepted for who I am. Thank God for His house and for His people and for His presence. Thank God, thank God that He loves me and I know me and He still loves me. Thank God for His grace and for His mercy. Psalm 48, verse 12 through 14, it's after a battle. The Israelites have been in a battle. And this is what God says to them. Walk about Zion. Go around her, consider her towers, consider well her ramparts, view her citadels that you may tell of them to the next generation. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide. God is saying to a bunch of people who have been through some stuff, who have been through some battles. Is there anyone in church tonight who has been through some stuff and you've been through some battles, you've been through some valleys? God is saying, and when all is said and done, when the dust is settled. Go around and count the towers, count the citadels, because although there is some damage, although there is some stuff, what the towers and the citadels say is in your darkest hour when you thought you were all alone, there was a God who was with you and protecting you and beside you and He will get you through. Count what God has done. Let, Let me share with you what God thinks about gratitude and being grateful. Psalm 69, verse 30 and 31, I will praise God's name in song. I will glorify Him in thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than my offering and more than what I can bring. Can I just suggest if thankfulness is important to God, it should be important to us. If thankfulness is high on God's list, it should be high on our list. Psalm 22.3, God inhabits the praises of His people. If you want the presence of God, get your praise on. Nothing will lift you out of a dark moment like praise. Nothing will lift you out of a valley like praise when all of a sudden you step up and use your praise as a perspective check 
to look to where God has gone through it. Psalm 100 verse 4, enter His gates with thanksgiving, enter His courts with praise, give thanks to Him and praise His Name. The protocol for approaching God is praise. I teach my kids, say please for what you want and then say thank you when you get it. Do you know that in the economy of God, it's exact opposite? Praise God and thank Him and then say please. The approach for the, the protocol for approaching God is praise. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always, always, always. In the valley on the mountaintop, always. In the struggle, in the freedom, always. When things are going well and things are going bad, always. Rejoice, always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You wanna know what the will of God is? It's revealed in a spirit of praise and gratitude. The will of God is revealed when I say, God, I praise you in all circumstances. Yeah, but you don't know my boss. Not my boss, your boss. You don't know your boss. No, no, I don't. But the Bible says, give thanks in all circumstances. God, thank you that I have a job when there are hundreds at the dole line who would give their right arm for a job. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever I do in church life, whether I'm on the parking lot, whether I'm welcoming people in the foyer, whether I'm running a connect group, whatever I do, when I go to work on Monday, when I drop the kids off, when I pick up my husband's socks because he's left them in front of the TV for the billionth time, whatever I do, find something to praise God for. If there is breath in your lungs and blood in your heart, there is a reason to praise God. There is a reason to get your praise on. Tonight, I wanna to give you a few observations of gratitude. I, I'm working on this. I'm working on making it part of my world. I'm on a journey just like you are, but I've watched people who are grateful all the time. And I'm gonna give you a few observations of gratitude. Number one, gratitude is never invisible and it's never silent. Gratitude is never invisible and it's never silent. Luke 6, 45, a good man brings forth good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man or woman brings out evil things out of the evil stirred up in their heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. When I'm grateful, I'll say it and I'll show it. When I'm grateful for God, I'll say it and I'll show it. When I'm grateful to others, I'll say it and I'll show it. Gratitude is never silent and it's never invisible. Gratitude has a voice and it has arms and it has an action attached. Gratitude is never invisible and it's never silent. I was a youth pastor in America for seven years and then God delivered me. Thank Jesus. I was a youth pastor and we had four or 500 kids as a part of our youth ministry. And we had that one kid in our youth ministry. You know that, Chris, you know that kid. You were that kid, but now you oversee that kid. You know that kid. The one kid in you, the, the one kid that, man, he was just a challenge. 
had his parents calling me up to help with him. I had his school principal call me three times to come and pick him up from school because he'd, he'd got out of hand. I had the police station call me to give a reference to him. Like he was that kid. And then we got around him and we were, because you know what? You know what people like that lead is not a behavioral modification program. is a God encounter. They need an environment where God can get a hold of their heart. And so we were doing everything we can. We had youth leaders picking him up from school three days a week and bringing him to church and trying to get him in an environment where God could do something with him. I remember one summer camp that we were having and I look over, I was up on stage uh, doing something. I look over and there's this kid, that kid is in the corner with tears streaming down his face. You know what the most amazing and the most fulfilling feeling is, is playing a small part in someone's journey encounter. You don't have to do what I do. You don't have to do what Pastor Tony and Kathy do to do that. You just have to be you and say, God, would you use my world to make a difference in someone else's world? So I'm standing at this summer camp watching this kid, tears streaming down his face. And from that moment on, his life was changed. He had an undeniable God encounter. The day before we leave America, his dad comes up to me and says, Hey, Scott, I just want you to know, and I hope you realize that Molly, his wife, and I are really grateful in our hearts for everything you've done for my son. I hope you know, you know we're grateful in our heart, right? I felt like saying to him, what am I, a cardiologist? I can't read your heart. I don't know what's going on in your heart. Gratitude has a voice and gratitude has an action. And if I'm grateful, I'll say it and I'll show it. It's no good holding gratitude in my heart. I've got to let gratitude out and show someone I'm grateful. Tell someone I'm grateful. Let someone know that I'm grateful and say, thank you for what you do. If I'm grateful, if I'm really grateful, it'll show up. I was at home sick one day watching some midday church. It's called the Oprah Show. Don't judge me like you don't know what the Oprah Show is. Oprah has this one show once a year. It's called Oprah's Favorite Things. Here's what happened. Dude, that's the... That's the loudest amen I've had all night. And I even read the Bible. So, so it's called Oprah's Favorite Things. And what Oprah does is Oprah showcases 20 of her favorite things that she'd bought this year. It can be a blender, an iPad, an iPod, a VW, a, a Beetle. A, it could be a whole bunch of TV, dress, wardrobe. It could be a whole bunch of things. And then what happens is people go nuts because they know that if they happen to be at Oprah's favorite things, then every one of them goes home with one of each of those items. So everyone goes home with 20 things. They go home with an iPad, a V-dub and a blender if that was her favorite things for that year. The catch is you never know if you're going to turn up to Oprah's favorite things show. You just buy a ticket and then one day what happens is she announces and says, hey, today is my favorite things show. Hey, have a look at this clip and check this out.
come on, if those people can get that excited over a VW, a blender and an iPad, surely the church of Jesus Christ can get a little bit excited about His mercy, His sacrifice, His grace, His love, His forgiveness, His leading, His guiding, His presence, His mercy. Surely we can get a little bit excited about what Jesus has done and show some gratitude and some thanks. Say, Jesus! The next time you don't feel grateful to a Saviour who gave His all, do what I do. Have a look in the mirror and say, God, thank You for loving a Muppet like me. Because I know me. Let's stop assuming our spouse knows we're grateful and say it and show it. Let's stop assuming our boss knows we're grateful and say it and show it. Let's stop assuming our friends know we're grateful and say it and show it. Let's stop assuming our kids know we're grateful. My, my kid, my kid, the one that skipped school last week. The one that's got a bad attitude because she's 13. Welcome to my world. The one who threw a tantrum. The one who didn't do any of the chores. Yeah, the one who 12 years ago you held in your hands and said, God, thank you. The one who 12 years ago you held in your hands and thought, this child could change the world. The same child back then is the same child now, just bigger, smellier, older, and with more attitude. You know what? I reckon we can change a generation by saying thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. Let's stop assuming that our leader in church knows we're grateful and say it and show it. Let's stop assuming the parking lot guys who are out there in the rain tonight in their big, ugly yellow jackets that you would never wear, say, stop and say, thank you for what you do. When was the last time you went to kids and picked up your kid and said to the leaders out there who give up their Sunday night to look after your blessing? When was the last time you said, hey, thank you? You better thank the Lord Jesus. I'm not out there looking after your kids. Because if I was, they'd be bound and gagged in the corner by the time you got back because I'd kill them otherwise. When was the last time you said to the sound guys and the tech guys, the people who get here an hour before you do so we can get into work. When was the last time you said, hey, thank you. Thank you for using your gift so I can worship. I reckon we need to start a gratitude revolution where everywhere we go, people understand that we are grateful for who they are and for what they do. Now I know, who loves confrontation in here? Not who's good at it. T Tony Rainbow, contrary to popular opinion, does not like confrontation. He just doesn't run from it. He just doesn't run from it. Who actually likes confrontation? Put your hand up if you like it. If you like having the hard conversations, you, you actually enjoy it. That's what I thought, no one. I don't think any of us are in too much danger of being too grateful. 
I think we can make a decision this week to lift our gratitude level. Do you know that every Thursday I sit down with four thank you cards? Every Thursday. And I write thank you cards to two different groups of people. Firstly, people who have done stuff for me during the week or done stuff for the church during the week or done stuff for Pastor Paul and Marie that is unseen and behind the scenes. And I I just write them a thank you card. And then the other thing I do is I say, Holy Spirit, who should I send a thank you card to? And literally, randomly, I'll send thank you cards to people who aren't even in my world. I have very little to do with it. They may go to a different campus, but the Holy Spirit has dropped their name and their thought into my mind. And I will write them a thank you card. Can I, I can't tell you how many times those people in the preceding months, even years, have come to me and said, you have no idea what happened this week and your card turned up. I believe with all my heart Unexpressed gratitude is a lost opportunity to give God praise. And I reckon every one of us, including myself, can be more intentional with lifting our gratitude. Number two, gratitude sustains joy and blessing. I believe there is a whole lot of people that get something from God, but they lose it because they don't have gratitude attached. Do you know there's a difference between an event and a sound? If I was to play this keyboard like Kathy does so well, congratulations, Kathy. If I was to play this keyboard like Kathy does so well, she plays it a little bit better than I do, marginally. That's it. That's my whole repertoire. That's all I got. But there are events that happen in, my, in our life. There are events that create a moment. There are events that create shocks. There are events that create circumstances. If you had to look below this keyboard, there is a pedal. It's called the sustain pedal. Literally, it's called the sustain pedal. If I'm to press this key without the sustain pedal, the minute my finger comes off this key, the sound stops. If I'm to press the sustain pedal and then press it, the sound goes on long after my finger is removed from the key. Do you know in life there are events that happen that if we don't have a spirit of gratitude attached to them, then as soon as the event is over, that sound stops. But if I attach gratitude to an event, it brings the sound of a previous season into my current. It brings the sound of what God has done into my current. It brings the sound of victory from a previous battle into this, victory, into this battle that I'm facing now. There's a lady in our church. Her name is Vic Wilson. Her name, that's her husband. Her name's Ruth. Her name is, don't tell her that. Her name is Ruth. They've been through hell and back in the last 24 months. They're, Her brother was in a helicopter accident and lost two of his mates. Six months later, their daughter-in-law was found to have cancer on her ankle and was amputated from the knee down at 24 years of age. Six months after that, her mum dies. Six months after that, she had a head injury that took her eight months to recover from, wasn't at work full time. 
12 months after the mum dying, her son and his wife were in a major head-on collision. They're a part of our worship team. Major head-on collision where he nearly lost his life and to this day, two years later, still isn't right, still has brain challenges, still isn't back to full functioning. And three weeks ago, her husband has a massive stroke taking the trash out, out to, taking the rubbish out to the, to, what do you call it, the big wheelie bin from outside. I called her a week after. I said, Ruth, how are you doing? She goes, it's tough. But I know that the same God that healed my auntie 20 years ago can heal my, my, my husband today. I know the same God that healed Jono can heal my husband today. I know the same God that got us through 20 years of church can help us today. I know the same God that overcome can get us through now. Gratitude sustains joy and blessing. Gratitude brings the sound of a previous season into my current. Friend, if you are going through something, look back for just a moment and the same God that got you from there to here is the same God that will get you from here to where you wanna go. You may not be where you wanna be, but you sure as hang aren't where you used to be. And the same God that journeyed you to here is the same God. Get a little bit of gratitude for the journey that's happened and it will sustain you for the journey to come. Gratitude sustains joy and blessing. Number three, gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends. Gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends. You cannot be grateful for something you feel entitled for. What, when's, tax, when's tax month here? When do you get your tax returns? July. Who's going to write to the is it IRD here, Inland Revenue Service? What do you call the tax department? The ATO. Who's going to write to the ATO in August and thank them for your tax return? No one. Because it's yours. Why would you thank someone for something that is rightfully yours? And gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends. We have got amazing senior pastors in this church. Yeah, well, they should. They get paid to senior pastor me. Whoa, whoa, time out. This couple, 20 years ago, heard from God. And none of us will never know the internal weight and internal battle that is ensued upon a senior. These guys are leading the charge. You know, the, the most battered part of a ship is the pointy end of a ship that has to break through the ice and break through the storm. Yeah, well, they should because they're gifted. You know what? Get off your chuff and say, thank God for the leaders that you've given. Thank God for the leaders that He's given. Thank God for the people. Don't just thank God. Thank Tony and Kathy who have stood through storm, stood through valley, stood through battle and are still here, even with a smile. My gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends. I remember the about four years, five years into our marriage, and my wife and I, we had one child, and we had to get somewhere early in the morning for a church event. So we had the little pep talk the night before, how are we going to make this happen and get out of the door on time? And the deal was that she'd get her and the child ready and I'd get me ready because then she wouldn't have to get two children ready. And we'd meet in the car and we'd get there on time. I remember we had to be in the car at about 6.30. So I'm sitting in the car at 6.30 thinking, it's 6.30. 
We talked about 632, 6.33. I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? Why couldn't she have got this stuff? It didn't occur to me once to go inside and help her. But I'm sitting there thinking, man, she said and she promised and she said, and I felt like the Holy Spirit say, hey, chump, when did you stop being grateful for that amazing woman that hitched up her perfect trailer to your broken down car for the rest of her life and you married about four grades away of what you should be married? Why don't you be thankful for the wife that God gave you and for the blessing that she is? And as soon as we slip into entitlement, gratitude goes out the window. When was the last time we were grateful? I remember when I got out of Bible college and I first started working for a church. I I rocked up at the church and I remember the first week I went to the business manager's office and got my paycheck. And anyone remember actually going and picking up a paycheck? Come on, anyone remember? Put your hand up. Look, fossils everywhere. So so I remember going and picking up my paycheck and I, I remember looking at this paycheck in my hand thinking, God, thank you. I just spent three years paying to do this. I was an intern in a church where I paid fees every year to do what I'm doing. And now I'm getting paid to do what I feel like you've called me to do. And I had this overwhelming sense of, is this for real? Until I worked out what other people were getting paid. The benefits they got with their paycheck. The fact they got Mondays off and I didn't get Mondays off and all of a sudden entitlement crept in and what I was grateful for, all of a sudden I lost the joy in it because entitlement crept in. Are you still grateful for your family? Are you still grateful for your church? Are you still grateful for the friends that God has around you or is a little bit of an entitlement crept in? Because gratitude changes everything. I've learned that when my sense of entitlement is high, my gratitude is low. But when my gratitude is high, my sense of entitlement is low. I love direct deposit. How many love direct deposit? Don't even have to worry about it. It all just goes into the bank and then it all just goes out again. Mortgages and braces and ballet and car and fuel and electricity and it's all just direct deposit. It all just happens in the, you know that God's grace is a little bit like that. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. There's like a direct deposit of God's mercy every morning. I actually think that people in the Old Testament in one sense had it a little bit easier in terms of keeping gratitude high because on an all too frequent basis, they would have to go to the temple. And they would have to make sacrifice literally with an animal to get the spilling of blood, which represent the fact that there is a God who through the spilling of blood can cleanse and forgive. And every week they would have a tangible representation in their hands that God's grace is real and God's love is real and God's mercy is real. But you and I every morning have a fresh dose of God's grace and God's mercy. Don't let the fact that it's not tangible anymore, let us slip into an area where we just take it for granted and it's expected that God, you'll show up. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His grace. I deserve nothing and He gave everything. I wanna live a life where my sense of entitlement is low and my gratitude is high. Let me finish with this. Grateful people 
can find good in any circumstance. Grateful people can find good in any circumstance. I remember when I first took over our South Campus, when we first moved back to New Zealand, I turned up and it was a rainy day. Can I be honest with you? Let me let, me let you into a pastor's world. I hate Sundays that are rainy. God, it can rain Monday through Saturday, but not Sunday. Because people don't turn, a third of the church doesn't turn up when it's rainy. I don't know where they are. Like water, they're going to turn into a pumpkin or something. I don't know. You just don't show up. In New Zealand, it's even worse. If the All Blacks lose on a Saturday night, Half the church doesn't turn up Sunday. I often tell them, you better be thankful that the day before Jesus went to the cross, it wasn't raining and the All Blacks didn't lose because he may not have showed up. But I turn up to church and there's a bunch of interns there in the loading bay of our South Campus and they got smiles from ear to ear. I walk in, I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Why are you so happy? Man of faith and bring atmosphere. They're like, Scott, you don't, you don't understand. Six weeks ago, we were sent this box of golf umbrellas that had the life logo all around it that we get to walk out into the parking lot and walk people in so they don't get wet in the rain. We've been waiting for a rainy Sunday to crack out the life umbrellas. We've been waiting for a rainy Sunday to let people know that we care enough to walk them from the parking lot in. We've been waiting for a rain. I'm like, I've got nothing. What do you want me to do? Do you know that grateful people can find good in everything. What is it in your world that you're going through a tough time where with a spirit of gratitude, you can find something? With a spirit of gratitude, you can find God. You can find what God is doing. You can see the fingerprint of God. You know, my Bible says that God works good in all things. That in everything that happens, there is God working good. Can I have the keys come on back and join me? And tonight, I, I've come to tell some people that gratitude can change your life. That gratitude is never silent, is never invisible. There are some of us that we need to write a card tomorrow. We need to give a gift. We need to write a letter. We need to say a long overdue thank you to the people in our world who deserve a thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for extending grace. Thank you for who you are. Kids, I, I, want, I want you to... Hear this, wouldn't it be amazing if tomorrow when your mum walked downstairs, there was a thank you note? Mum, thank you. My daughter, the other day, we were having a chat and it was Mother's Day and I, I had them videotape a message to mum because on a Sunday morning, we both leave at 6 a.m. We have five services, don't get home till 9.30. So I, I had a bit of time during the day, so I had them all videotaped something on my phone and I played it and one of the questions I said is hey what, what would you want to say to mum my 13 year old 14 year old daughter said mum I just want to thank you for putting up with me during my teenage years now on the scale of teenage on the scale of horror and I'm a teenager she's way down this end of the scale she wakes up in a bad mood like every four days or something so we, we can handle that she says mum I just want to thank you I played that to Amanda there's a tear in her eye. How many people in your world, how many hard hearts, how many broken 
and fractured relationships could begin the salvaging process with a thank you. Finding something to be grateful for. I wonder how many people would see a thank you as a bridge between where they are and church. Hey, coach, thank you for what you do for my kid week in and week out. Gratitude is never invisible and it's never silent. Gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends. I wonder if some of us need to wake up tomorrow morning and say, God, thank you, you gave everything. In fact, I wonder if tonight some of us are fresh, need to stand here and say, God, you know where I've been. And your word says that while I was at my darkest place, you gave everything for me. And I would love for us to make a commitment tonight that we're going to walk out of here and we're going to start a gratitude revolution. That every person who is in our world is going to know we're grateful. That every person in our world, one of the most inspiring things about Paul Dion is he's a great communicator. Can I have the whole band coming back? He's a great communicator. He's a great leader. He's a great visionary. He's a great husband. He's a great father. He's, he's my hero. He's a... He's amazing. But you know one of the things that amazes me? There would not be a Sunday or a service that he would drive out of our church where he doesn't stop and say thank you to every guy on the parking lot. Every Sunday, week in, week out. Doesn't matter who's in town, whether he's running between campuses. Doesn't matter what he says. Thank you. You know one of the greatest things our church loves our pastor for? is the fact that he smiles and he's grateful. I reckon gratitude can change our world. And I would love for us, just for a couple of moments, to stand to our feet and sing that song again. You are a good, good father. And not from the perspective of you're a good father for what you can do for me. You're a good father just because you're a good father. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 